You're listening to Resurrection Life with Pastor Nathan Trice. Greetings to you, members and friends of Resurrection Presbyterian Church. He is risen. Welcome back to our studies in Christian parenting. Uh, We'll call this Parent Pod number 13. Uh, We have begun a focus recently on the important subject of the discipline of our children. And let me just say right now, if you missed the last episode, I call that the sweet fruit of discipline, uh, consider pausing this one. Uh, You can come back to it. But that episode last time uh, is pretty important groundwork for today and for that matter, for the next couple of episodes that I have in mind. So, with that encouragement, uh, let me say that thus far, as I've been speaking of the discipline of our children, I have, I had realized, uh, been speaking somewhat in the abstract. I did give a definition that uh, seemed faithful to particularly that passage in Hebrews 12 that describes our Heavenly Father's discipline of us, Uh, in love. And the definition for discipline was the infliction of temporary pain as a consequence of sin in order to lead children toward the permanent fruit of righteousness of life. But I do realize we need to be a bit more concrete now. Uh, So if discipline is the infliction of temporary pain, well, what exactly does that look like? And how do we deal with some of the pretty obvious objections uh, to something like that? How do we, for that matter, avoid uh, certain pitfalls in the administration of discipline like that? Now, folks, it's probably obvious by now to most, if not all of you, uh, that I'm going to answer that question or those questions in a very traditional I'd even say in an age-old manner. Folks, what I'm going to be making as a a thesis for today is that the biblical admonition to discipline your children entails spanking them. Now, that's not the sum and substance of all discipline. We'll eventually see that. But it is actually the primary way that we will achieve all that sweet fruit that I sought to lay out last time. This element of the upbringing of our children uh, was at one time obvious to the vast majority of Christendom, uh, but I am fully aware it has become decidedly verboten in our modern culture. And I'm afraid to uh, say it's also become even controversial in some quarters of the modern evangelical church. Now, let me say, folks, I have no interest in defending traditional practices for tradition's sake. And in in fact, uh, in many cases, uh, tradition is our enemy, not our friend. Uh, But in this case, the men of our day, uh, the parents of our generation, have not become wiser. They have not become more enlightened than their fathers when they set aside a tried and true resource that faithful parents have used for millennia, that of spanking. And I say that, I say that, I assert that, 
as a Christian, for one all-sufficient and utterly compelling reason. Spanking is what the Bible explicitly and emphatically calls for in the raising of our children. Now, if that's news to any of my listeners today, I especially urge you to listen on against all your ingrained prejudices. I'm going to say something like, friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. (laughs) I know I have my work cut out for me. But in all seriousness, I have an appeal to make. Uh, Before I take up the biblical material on this subject that's so clear and so helpful, I have an appeal. Uh, Friends, whatever your experience, whatever your exposure to the subject that I'm speaking about in this podcast, please remember that as Christians, it's the goodness and wisdom of God found in Scripture that is our standard in our parenting. It's not anything we've encountered in our own upbringing or seen in other places. I say this because I'm keenly aware Uh, Some of you may have witnessed, some of you may even have experienced abuse, even horrible abuse, in the name of spanking. Tragically, uh, there's no shortage of this in this decaying society in which we live. And any discussion of this subject uh, has to treat the abuse of spanking. That is something that I will do, Uh, God helping me. But something we simply cannot do as Christians is to allow our experience alone to be our guide. I took pains to point out earlier, uh, the parenting that you received is not your standard for good or for ill. It's God's parenting of us and his instructions to us in his word about our parenting. So can we agree on this as we embark together in consideration of a much controverted subject, can we be agreed that it's our calling uh, to be surrendered and submissive uh, to the Word of God in our parenting? That's all I'll ask um, as we go forward, but I will ask for every bit of that. So there are five things that I want to consider in this very important subject of spanking. And I have realized that um, probably be wise for me just to take up three of them in this episode, and I'll save the last two for next time. Uh, first of all, we're going to consider what this rod of discipline is that the Bible speaks of. Secondly, we're going to look at whether the use of the rod is a matter of personal choice for parents. Thirdly, we're going to look at how a use of the rod is compatible with love for our children. And then next time, we'll look at what constitutes a, quote, good spanking. And then we'll look at when does a spanking become abuse, those last two uh, for next time. But uh, the first three of those things we'll look at now, and that's what's ahead if you choose to listen on. So, folks, Proverbs is going to be our primary source today in the Scriptures, Uh, and it is a source book in the Bible for parenting with, as I've called it, both hands. Both the discipline of the Lord and the instruction of the Lord is a prevailing emphasis in the book of Proverbs. 
So that's where we're going to go as we take up this first uh, matter, what this rod of discipline is that the Bible speaks of and that is particularly prominent in the book of Proverbs. You probably know this, but uh, the word I've been using, uh, our modern-day English word spanking, uh, well, it doesn't occur in our English Bibles. But what does occur, uh, particularly in the book of Proverbs, uh, in this area of parental discipline, is a re- reference uh, to the rod. Here's some examples. Uh, Proverbs thirteen twenty four. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Proverbs twenty two fifteen. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Or Proverbs 23, verse 13, Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. And then there's Proverbs 29, verse 15, The rod and reproof give wisdom. But a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, you see that recurring uh, reference to this thing called the rod, or sometimes the rod of discipline. Just on the surface of those texts that I've read, there are several things that are obvious. Uh, first of all, whatever this rod is, uh, it's clearly something physical and tangible uh, that's held in the hand, um, the hand of a parent in this case. The word for rod Uh, could just as easily be translated staff or stick. So it's something physical or tangible. Another thing that's clear, uh, just in the service, is that it's used by a parent to strike their child in a certain way for a certain purpose. Uh, This is the language of Proverbs. If you strike him with the rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. And I'll just uh, add to this what's very clear uh, from these passages, that the use of this rod is part of the disciplining that parents are called to administer to children. Uh, In Proverbs, disciplining children and using the rod uh, is very much wrapped up into one thought. Sparing the rod in that one proverb is the opposite of being diligent to discipline. So, my friends, recall now that in that definition of discipline we've been working with, which we've derived from Hebrews chapter 12, there's this reference to inflicting pain. Discipline is the infliction of temporary pain as a consequence of sin in order to lead children towards the permanent fruit of righteousness of life. Here we have the rod as referenced in God's word as that tangible uh, implement uh, we might call it a handheld device, even, uh, that's used for inflicting uh, that temporary pain. Uh, I'll just add the Bible doesn't seem to be interested in defining more precisely than that what this uh, device, this implement, uh, precisely looks like. And I think uh, very likely it's taken a wide variety of forms in the history of God's covenant people. Uh, something could be made of wood. Uh, as a rod uh, put to this uh, biblical use, uh, a wooden dowel, a wooden spoon, uh, a wooden paddle. Uh, I guess nowadays it could just as easily be made of plastic uh, for that matter. Uh, In the trice home, 
what has um, uh, been used as the rod uh, has been a leather-like uh, strap. Uh, we've called it over the years the spank stick, uh, and we've chosen that. We've landed on that uh, particular f- uh, manifestation or form of the rod of Proverbs because it's uh, been very successful in accomplishing a couple of things. Uh, it does administer real pain. Uh, when it's used correctly, it stings. But it also uh, administers temporary pain. It, in other words, it doesn't easily uh, bruise, which is not uh, what we're seeking in a spanking. So, let me speak plainly just now, lest there's any mistake, about what we're encountering here in God's Word. This rod the Bible is telling us to make use of is something that, when used by a parent, hurts your child when you strike him with it, traditionally on his backside. That's what we are encountering uh, in God's Word. Now, friends, if this sounds strange to you, that such an item as this would ever be found in the hand of a loving Christian parent, May I just insert here that that Proverbs is not the only place where there's a reference to this rod of discipline, and the hand of human parents is not the only kind of hands in which the Bible speaks of this rod being found. It's also found in God's hand as part of his chastening of his children. The same word, the same concept. So, for example, 2 Samuel 7 I'll read from verse 14 and 15. These are the words of Nathan the prophet in a wonderful moment of revelation of God's intentions to bless King David, to give him a son, an heir to the throne. And Nathan says this on God's behalf. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. When he commits iniquity, I will discipline him with the rod of men with the stripes of the sons of men. But my steadfast love will not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. Now this notion that God would love David's son, but also would discipline him with the rod, this reappears. It's in Psalm 89, verse 32, which is repeating God's covenant with David, uh, That will extend to all of his royal descendants. And in that passage, uh, verse 30, we read, If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgressions with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love, or be false to my faithfulness. Now, as God speaks here, he's not speaking of a physical stick that will be used to spank the children, the the heirs of the throne of David. We realize that uh, he's able to make use of much greater, even much more fearful uh, resources for afflicting pain as a loving father upon his children. Um, The rod uh, in the life of Solomon, for example, 
or the life of uh, his descendants would typically look like um, the uh, enemies of Israel uh, being uh, successful in war against them. Isaiah would eventually speak uh, of the whole nation of Assyria as God's rod uh, to chasten his people. My point in all this is quite simply this, when God in his word calls for the use of the rod in our parenting of our children, folks, he is simply calling for us to follow his example as a parent. He faithfully uses the rod also. So this far, or thus far, we have been looking at what this rod of discipline is that the Bible speaks of. Uh, It's something taken up by a parent temporarily to inflict disciplinary pain on his child, and then it's something laid aside when that purpose is fulfilled. Now let's go on to talk about, secondly, whether the use of the rod is a matter of personal choice for parents. And I make this a, uh, a moment in this podcast because over the years, I've encountered parents who are at least familiar with this element of traditional parenting. Uh, they're quite aware of spanking as a, uh, a traditional element of parenting. They're perhaps even aware that the Bible gives clear warrant for it. Uh, but in some cases, uh, they have retained the notion that spankings are just one of many options for family discipline. And as Christian parents, they have the liberty to decide whether spanking is right for their family. This I have encountered over the years. So um, in this way of thinking, the practice of spanking is in the same category of many other prudential questions that parents face. Are we going to circumcise our sons? Are we going to get our children vaccinated? Are we going to use cloth diapers or disposable diapers? Are we going to homeschool our children? Are we going to send them to more traditional schools? Are we going to allow them to have a cell phone when they turn 12 or 16 or what have you? You get the point. Uh, There's all manner of prudential questions that parents face. And in the covenant community, uh, we should give full allowance for differing conclusions on prudential questions. But, my friends, please listen carefully. The matter of spanking is not one of those mere prudential questions. Folks, when we take seriously the biblical teaching on spanking, it becomes obvious that it's no more a matter of personal choice whether we will spank or not as whether we will teach our children the Bible or not, or pray for our children or not, or take them with us to church on Sundays or not. According to the scripture, faithful spanking is a matter of obedience to Christ just like these other things that I've just mentioned. And I hope to make it clear it's vital to the spiritual well-being of our children, just like those other things are. How can I back up uh, that assertion? Well, I'm going to uh, talk about three things in Proverbs that make spanking non-optional for Christian parents. Three things in the book of Proverbs which make spanking non-optional for Christian parents. But let me just say, I will eventually be uh, referring to extraordinary circumstances uh, that do present uh, an exception to the rule, but in themselves are, are, as it were, the exception that proves the rule. 
So three things in Proverbs which make spanking not optional. Number one, there is quite simply a biblical command. Proverbs 23 again, verse 13 and 14. Listen to the wise man. Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. Do not withhold discipline from a child. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. If you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. I hope you notice we're given a command here in this passage. You may want to have it open in front of you if that's possible to do. Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. Do not withhold discipline from a child. And notice that in the passage, the discipline being required is the use of the rod. We're calling that uh, spanking. Proverbs is actually pretty graphic. If you strike him with a rod, that expression is used twice over. Now, folks, I think the Lord knows us very well, we who are parents. Uh, it knows that there are all kinds of reasons why parents would neglect the use of the rod. Uh, for one, it's just exhausting. It's emotionally draining, hard work as a parent to do this. But I think the primary reason uh, that's anticipated in our text for withholding this discipline seems to be the sense that a parent could acquire that the rod actually harms our children. Good parents want to do good to their children. They don't want to harm their children. Certainly a child's perspective in the moment is that spanking is not good for them. So here is where the scripture gives this clear word of reassurance. If you strike him with a rod, he will not die. Uh, In other words, you are not doing harm to your child, whatever you or he or she may feel in the moment. Notice what it says. You're actually doing the opposite of harm. You are saving his soul from Sheol. Now, some translations, instead of the word Sheol, they render this death, or in some cases, even hell. And that depends on whether the temporal judgment that seems clearly to be, pardon me, the judgment that seems clearly to be spoken of here is temporal, you'd render that death, or eternal, you'd render that hell. By the way, the two go very much together in the wisdom literature. But don't miss the powerful point that's being made to parents in this passage. And that is, parents' spankings don't bring death. They deliver from death. The pain is only temporary, but the fruit of that painful discipline is permanent. And notice, parents, it's nothing less than salvation itself. You are saving his soul from hell. Parents, I think God knows that you and I are tempted to shrink back from inflicting the pain of discipline on our children. But this passage is saying, you must do so. You have no choice in the right circumstances, in the right way, because that pain is what leads them away from their greatest danger. We really do need to reckon with this testimony about spanking that's in the Bible. We need to reckon with the fact that it's not merely in some external way character building for our children, according to the scriptures. It is soul delivering as God blesses it in our homes. There is this God-appointed connection 
between spanking and folks, listen, what we all want most for our children. There's a connection between the two, spanking and what we all want most for our children, which is to say salvation from the judgment of God in this life and the life to come. So there's this biblical command, first of all, that shows why spanking is non-optional. Proverbs 23, 13 to 14. Then there's, secondly, a biblical warning in Proverbs, and I'll turn back to Proverbs 19, verse 18 in this respect. It reads, Discipline your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Now that verse could also be translated, another translation uh, that I've had close at hand. Chasten your son while there is hope, and do not set your heart on his destruction. Parents, I think all of us, at least uh, who would be tuning into a podcast like this, are passionate about the safety of our children. Uh, We have nightmares, don't we, about bad things happening to our children. That's a parent's unique experience. Um, We... Uh, hear with horror news reports of even accidental harm done by parents to their own children. We're just horrified, traumatized by those kinds of reports. Well, listen, the wise man in Proverbs is appealing to that visceral parental concern for our children and saying, however intentional it may be, parents can actually, pardon me, however unintentional it may be, parents can do great harm to their children by failing to discipline. Here's the punch of this passage. It's the way the Bible characterizes the unwillingness to discipline, which in the book of Proverbs is uh, equated with the use of the rod. Do not set your heart on his destruction. No, no parent um, earnest and uh, loving of his children would knowingly do such a thing, but uh, that's the practical effect of the parent who does not faithfully discipline his child. And if that's true, and if we believe it, uh, nothing could be more motivating to a parent's heart. This warning is to motivate us to fulfill our responsibility uh, to discipline. In light of this passage, without our uh, disciplining our children, without our using the rod, humanly speaking, acknowledging that God is sovereign, yet humanly speaking, there's no hope for our children. Discipline your son, for there is hope. Some who favor the translation, while there is hope, would just add this point. There is a window of opportunity to discipline children. And it's relatively short. Uh, That window of opportunity to discipline children, particularly with the use of the rod, passes quickly. So the warning is, do it now while you can uh, for the life of Uh, of your children. It's a biblical command, a biblical warning, but notice also, folks, there is biblical encouragement that shows that spanking our children is a non-optional part of parenting. Uh, You know this, I trust God's Word uh, has five parts encouragement to every one part warning, roughly um, uh, speaking, and so too on this subject. I've already been citing passages that have words of encouragement embedded in them. Proverbs 19 said, Discipline your son, for there is hope. 
Or Proverbs 23, if you strike him with a rod, you will save his soul from Sheol. So there's encouragement already in those passages. Listen to another pair of Proverbs on the subject of the faithful use of the rod by parents and listen for the encouragement uh, in them. Proverbs 22, verse 15. Folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. So that's a reference to folly and the relationship of folly in the heart of a child to the rod of discipline. Listen to Proverbs 29, verse 15 now. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, as I read that pair of Proverbs, just recall what wisdom represents in Proverbs and what folly represents in Proverbs. And when you do that, this teaching will stop you in your tracks. Uh, Parents, folly is everything in a person, according to Proverbs, that leads away from God and towards death. And wisdom, conversely, is everything which turns a man's heart to God and dependence on him and obedience to him. So if folly is driven out and wisdom is imparted, in part, by faithful spanking, well, folks, that's why some of us uh, use this Presbyterian phrase, the means of grace, in reference to spanking in the home, the use of the rod. That's what Proverbs is very clearly pointing to. It's not by any means the only means of grace that children receive from their parents, but it is truly a means of grace. And withholding the rod amounts to depriving our children of that means of grace. I emphasize that there is grace, um, there's wisdom, There's the removal of folly in the faithful use of the rod, because I think, folks, that there are uh, some Christians who cop a condescending attitude uh, towards those of us who advocate for spanking. And they uh, would characterize spanking as uh, just some form of behaviorism. Uh, It's mere negative reinforcement. It's nothing uh, different than, say, a dog being trained uh, with a shock collar. And I think sometimes Christians with that kind of attitude or perspective um, say to themselves, perhaps to others, we are going to reason with our children. We are not going to treat them like animals. Now, (laughs) my first question is, uh, for such a perspective— one holding it. Is that how you view God in his use of pain in our lives to chasten us? It's a pretty condescending view of spanking. Is that how you view God's use of pain in our lives to chasten us and to bring grace uh, into our hearts and lives? I think you could uh, easily, with this line of thought, discount a whole theme of biblical teaching about God Uh, making a sanctifying use of suffering in the lives of Christians. But not only that, I also simply point out that that view of spanking cheapens what the Scripture itself says about the faithful use of the rod. It speaks of it in 
the most exalted ways of spiritual blessing being achieved by it. You may not understand exactly how, but do not deny what God's Word plainly teaches, that spanking is a means by which God does His saving work in our children. I've told you my favorite commentator on the book of Proverbs is Charles Bridges, and uh, he's speaking in his comments on Proverbs twenty-two fifteen to the issue of the rod driving away folly. And he gives a, an example. Uh, let me read a couple lines. Habits, Bridges writes, are of immense value as wrought into the character by the Holy Spirit. Uh, he gives an example. If a child be punished for falsehood to avoid future punishment, he abstains and speaks the truth. As he advances, he finds the blessing and comfort of the right path. He learns gradually to speak truth from a higher motive. Bridges is saying a higher motive than just a fear of the consequences of lying. Um, Insensibly, apart from his awareness, his conscience acquires tenderness respecting the sin of lying, and it becomes a principle in his character. Thus, the rod of correction performs its work unto permanent benefit. I just want to point out again that this is all something Bridges refers to as good effects wrought into the character of our children by the Holy Spirit uh, through the faithful use of the rod. So I hope it is clear by now why I say, my friends, that spanking is not merely one option among many for parents. It's not just one tool in the toolbox that may or may not be used for the greater project. Folks, spanking is a duty. It's a duty of parents that God reinforces in his word in the same way he does all manner of other duties that we have as Christians. He does it by way of commandment. He does it by way of warning. And he does it by way of encouragement. So that's whether the use of the rod is a matter of personal choice for parents. Let me look thirdly and lastly for today uh, with you at how a use of the rod is compatible with love for our children. I've been laying the groundwork for this already, what I've been saying, but I want to steer towards this because I suspect this, I'm quite confident, this is the most viscerally felt objection to spanking. I'll put it in the words of uh, many a good parent's reaction to this subject that I'm unpacking. Something along these lines. I just could never hit my own child. I love my children. Love doesn't look like hurting them. I could just never do that. And I want to say just here, uh, folks, there is something profoundly good and right about that reflex. Not everything about it, but something about that is very good. It's very uh, right. If a parent were to find it easy, (laughs) if a parent were to find it, God forbid, gratifying to strike his children with the rod, well, we've got something very 
perverse right there. Something wicked. And I'll be speaking uh, very strongly against the abuse of this biblical ordinance of spanking next time. But I just want to uh, say by way of empathy for a parent whose response is like this, I could never strike my own child. Um, I well remember my own, uh, if you will, ministry of spanking beginning as a dad. Uh, And there were times when it felt so wrong. I knew that I was called by God's word to do it, but I am not exaggerating to say there were times when I was faced with my duty and felt nauseated about it, maybe ill, uh, to carry out what I knew was God's will in that moment. In other words, everything in me was rebelling against it. Um, I just want to appeal to my fellow parents who have a very visceral reaction uh, to this subject uh, that I'm speaking to. I want to appeal to them in these terms. This is not the only way in which our natural, instinctive sense of what love looks like is at odds with what the Bible tells us that the loving thing to do is. Folks, that's precisely why we need, in faith and obedience, to allow the Bible to define what love looks like. I just ask you to consider, uh, doesn't God in his word call us to any number of things that in the moment can feel like something not very loving, can even appear to many people like something that's not uh, loving at all? Uh, Confronting a brother in their sin, clear duty uh, that God gives to his people, but it can feel unloving uh, to do that. Uh, For that matter, uh, refusing to support someone in their sinful lifestyle. Well, that can feel unloving, and yet clearly the Bible forbids us from supporting others in their sinful lifestyles. Our culture uh, does define love so much in terms of what feels loving. So um, a man can justify Uh, his winning and wooing another man's wife because he loves her and he's trying to rescue her from an unhappy marriage. And he can justify what the Bible calls adultery uh, in terms of love. And what he's not doing is allowing the scripture in this illustration uh, to make clear what loving that woman actually looks like. It looks like promoting and preserving her marriage. I suspect to use another illustration, uh, that there have been many, a counselor, uh, encourage a young woman uh, to take the option of abortion that's available in our society out of the sense, out of the felt sense that they were doing what was loving for that young woman. But it's God's word that makes clear to us that in fact, no matter what it feels like, is not loving uh, to help a woman uh, in the life of her baby. So my illustrations more broadly are simply intended to remind us that we need God's word to tell us what love looks like towards our children. And that's exactly what the Bible does in this area of spanking. A couple of ways I'll emphasize that point. Number one, the Bible tells us that spanking 
is the very expression of parental love. Listen to uh, Proverbs 13, verse 24, one more time. It reads, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. How is the use of the rod compatible with love for our children? Well, it's the very expression of parental love, uh, according to God's word. Notice what God's doing. He knows our weakness. Uh, He knows how likely we are to feel uh, about using the rod. I think that's the reason for this, the existence of this proverb. But folks, he also spells out for us what true parental love looks like. Diligent discipline with the rod is what loving parents do. And he even goes so far as to call the sparing of the rod as the opposite of love. Someone who cannot bring himself to spank, according to Proverbs thirteen twenty four, is guilty of hating his son. Now, to make sense of that, just remember that love is not a sentimental feeling alone in the Bible. It's the desire to do what is in the best interests of another. It's, it's in, it's the, love is the desire to do good for someone else. And in light of all that we've seen in Proverbs about the neglect of spanking, this should make sense. Whatever a parent is feeling when he shrinks back from using the rod with a disobedient child who needs to be punished, he's actually doing great harm to the child. He's doing the kind of harm that someone does who is guilty of hatred. Now, folks, that's why Christian parents who are submissive to God's word have as their testimony, the only reason I spank is because of love. Love for God, obedience to his word, but love for my children. That's the only reason that I spank. Everything else in me recoils at it. But I spank because I love my son. I want what God tells me is the sweet fruit of the faithful use of the rod in his life. So, this is the scripture passage, Proverbs 13.24, uh, that's tailor-made for that last scruple of parents uh, in this area. Uh, it's also tailor-made to counter all the so-called Listen carefully. (laughs) All the so-called professional wisdom of modern child care experts who would put this whole tried and true historic Christian practice of uh, spanking under the heading of child abuse. Folks, will you listen to the professionals, so-called You listen to the word of God on this subject. God's word says, if you don't spank your child, you're not loving your child. occurs to me to illustrate this uh, from the experience of a mother or father with a child who is desperately sick. Uh, and needs surgery. Uh, And they come to the point when the surgeon and his team is ready to take the child into surgery. And uh, that mother, that father knows 
there'll be pain involved on the front end and on the back end of that surgery for their child, and they do not want that pain. And you can well imagine a mother or father holding on to that child, not wanting to let that child be given over to that surgeon in light of all that that surgeon is going to do. But in that illustration, it's quite clear, isn't it? What does love for that child do? Well, love for that child uh, is willing for that temporary pain uh, to be brought into that child's life for the long-term health and healing. And that's why a parent uh, can surrender himself in those circumstances to a, a wise and competent surgeon. That's why, brothers and sisters, a parent uh, can faithfully uh, and with uh, faith in God uh, wield this rod of discipline uh, in the life of their children. I'll just add one more um, evidence to show once again how spanking isn't just compatible with love uh, for our children, but it's actually an expression of love. And that is to, uh, one more time, uh, remind us that that's how it is in God's own love for us. We saw that at the very outset in the Hebrews 12 passage, but here's where I want to uh, just point out that in that Hebrews 12 passage that's so helpful in defining discipline and tying our discipline of our children to God's discipline of us, uh, Hebrews 12 quotes from the book of Proverbs. And after saying, have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? The writer of Hebrews quotes Proverbs 3, 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or be weary of his reproof, for the Lord reproves him whom he loves as a father, the son in whom he delights. So I hope you can see I've, why I've been so careful to lay the foundation of this controverted subject of spanking uh, in the context of God's own parenting of us. And this is one of those ways in which I think modern Christian parents are tempted to try to be wiser than God in their parenting. Uh, that's, I think, the implication, at least, of buying into a modern-day condemnation of corporal punishment, as it's called, in the home. Uh, it's to reproach God himself, who makes use of the rod uh, of discipline in love in his parenting. I'm going to quote more, one more time from Charles Bridges. Uh, it's in his comments on Proverbs thirteen twenty four. He says this, Here God and man are at odds. Man often spares the rod because he loves the child. This, at least, he calls love. But is not our father's love to his children inconceivably more earnest than that of an earthly parent? Yet he does not spare the rod. And here Bridges quotes from Hebrews 12. He continues, God gives us his divine judgment. He who spares the rod hates his son. Does he not act at least as if he hated him, omitting a duty so necessary for his welfare? The discipline of our children must therefore commence with self-discipline. Nature teaches to love them much, but we need a guiding principle to teach us to love them wisely. So, my fellow Christian parents, you have a, a twofold, a double need 
to be persuaded of spanking as an expression of love. You need it to overcome all your own natural reservations about it. You also need it in order to stand against a culture that is increasingly hostile uh, to this whole biblical practice of spanking. Uh, By my last check online, uh, 63 countries in the world as of 2021 have outlawed the practice that this whole podcast is devoted to. It's considered a form of violence against children, a violation of their basic human rights. I will say there is indeed abuse of children done in the name of corporal discipline. We're going to return to that next week. But I also point out those who make illegal what God calls love for our children. Well, they're in open rebellion against their maker and his word. And I find it bitterly ironic that many of these same countries have led the world in legalizing the murder of our children in the womb. Well, my friends, uh, thus much uh, a defense, indeed, uh, an apology in the true sense of that word, a defense of the biblical teaching on spanking. I've called this podcast the strange blessing of the rod. It may still seem strange to us, even after looking at all these things in God's word, that his love would ever take the form of inflicting temporary pain, or that we should follow that example in our homes. Brothers and sisters, I'm not denying God's ways His wisdom can seem strange to us. But whether or not it seems strange, brothers and sisters, the Bible is clear. The rod of parental discipline, whether it's in God's hands or in our hands as parents, is a blessing. Next time, we'll take care to outline what the loving use of the rod looks like. And we'll also be as clear as we possibly can what conscientious parents are to forever be on guard against uh, an improper use of the rod. Well, until then, uh, thanks again, uh, my friends, for giving your time uh, to this very important topic. And until next time, may the Lord keep you. You've been listening to Resurrection Life with Pastor Nathan Trice, a ministry of Resurrection Presbyterian Church in Matthews, North Carolina. If you've been blessed by today's podcast, consider sharing it with someone you know. And thank you for joining us.